Hello and welcome back to a very special edition of Into the Echo. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing such a formal introduction, so I'll just keep going with it. Yeah, the just... music podcast where two good friends talk about the albums they love. <laughs> and that's what we're doing this time around, only we're talking about the songs that we love. Yeah. And in fact, uh, to be specific, the top 10 songs that we loved this year. Yeah, I, yeah. It, this year was hard. I mean, that's why we had such a weird start, because we were still kind of back and forth on a couple songs right up to the end so um yeah yeah there's a lot there was a lot left to be decided down to the minute so uh i think we hammered it out though and i think we've got a list of 10 great songs here for you and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh be aware that there's no way i mean there's no way for two people to listen to every new song this year i mean you could yeah it's it's actually possible but it's impossible with how clark and i are so um, yeah, and I would not. I would hate my life if I listened to that much music. Yeah. Even though I love music, but that is too much. Mm-hmm. So I haven't listened to all of the David Bowie album. Riley has. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. I mean, there's a lot. I, I haven't, haven't listened to Frank Ocean. I listened to Beyonce. I haven't listened to Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh man, Slumber Party though. That's catchy. Oh boy. Oh uh, boy. That sounds so, awful. Um. <laughs> uh, we did gather a lot of listener feedback for this. And that's awesome. We will mention some of those songs. Uh, but this list, for the most part, is just kind of going to be our favorites. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. yeah. I, it, came down to, it came down to killing our darlings, and we couldn't. So Yeah, yeah. We both <laughs> were like, ah, oh, this song's got to be on there. So this is going to be our top ten favorites. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your suggestions. We will give some shout-outs towards the end. So we, we heard you. We listened to all your songs. There, you have some great choices. Uh, but we're going to start with ours, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I, I, feel like, in... I feel like we should have. I feel like we should have a bit for each number. A bit. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know what that would l- be, but a little skit, <laughs> or just like a <laughs> like a sound effect or something. I don't know. <laughs> I. I'm not sure. So uh, let's say, uh, yeah, we could do that. Uh, how about? Uh, we we trust that Skype doesn't have much latency, and we just say ten at the count of three. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Ten. ten. Well, that. that's gonna have to be edited. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. Number ten. What do we have, Riley? Number ten. We have um, a release from a little bit later this year. It is. Uh, nice these guys <clears throat> yeah um that's that's my feedback <laughs> <laughs> Nah, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, Tribe Called Quest, of course, they are one of the earlier hip-hop groups. They really, truly do embellish what hip-hop is about. Mm -hmm. Not rap, but Mm hip-hop, where it's more about storytelling. It's more about uh, embracing 
the culture as opposed to a specific race or a specific area. It's more about finding love and peace and challenging oppressors mm-hmm. um, in a constructive way instead of just like a hateful, angsty way. Yeah. And I feel like they managed to capture that with this album, again, pretty well this many years down the road. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, I mean, the album title is great because, uh, I mean, it's it's obviously their last album. Um because the the album title is "We Got It From Here." Thank you for your service. Um, yep. So there, it's just like kind of passing a feeling of passing the torch on, you know. Um, and the thing that I love about this song is that they keep that traditional like late '80s hip hop sound, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's just got that it's it's got that great like b boy feel to it, you know. Um, and it's hard not to get that sound when you have, like, Q-Tip and Five Dog. Like, it's just such classic voices. And the thing is, they bring that same energy that they did from 15, 20 years ago. Like, even though they are older and more well-informed, they still have kind of that, like, fuck-the-system mentality, mm-hmm, which absolutely. is made very clear in the song. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what we've come to rely on Tribe Called Quest for, mm-hmm. is that, that kind of political anger that's not fully realized like in some of the more um, contemporary groups that are uh, a little more hard-hitting than this but if you get into the the meat of their songs they've they've got some very cutting things to say you know people in the pop music scene and uh, people that kind of control the the popular music worlds totally overlook the culture that's behind music and totally Mm -hmm. overlook Mm -hmm. uh what makes good music you know it's um they're all concerned about just daily downloads and streaming and all that kind of stuff um but where the music comes from is the important part and having to prove having to prove to everyone else in your genre that you're the best i mean that's i think that's the real competition he's talking about yeah yeah completely and it's just nice that they're going out still with a sharp edge we didn't have to watch them as their minds or as their concepts dulled we got to see them as they're still slicing exactly yeah and uh it's a it's a beautiful way to exit the music scene and go on to enjoy the lives that they've grown despite growing from tainted dirt that we've cast aside yeah you know they've still managed to make a home out of that and make it work yeah absolutely so nice choice. On to song number three, two, one, nine. nine. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, so number nine, we have yet another hip hop song. I mm-hmm. feel like it's kind of a. It's going to be hard to avoid on our our list of. <laughs> a list. It's of been a favorites. really good year for rap. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, I mean, they. The record label that put this next one out is kind of hard to avoid. Anytime they put something out, at least in my world, uh, it's gonna. I'm definitely gonna buy it. I'm definitely gonna listen to it a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, without further ado, we have anybody that I've known by Atmosphere. Look at my face. So many miles, I can't complain. I won't complain. I don't complain. I might complain, but still told the truth. My water stay running, but my food don't move. I make a size 12 footprint. Make love to my wife. Make music with my real friends. My voice make enough noise for the books. Then I hunt these woods to catch dinner for my children. Got me dreaming. I can reach through the phone and kiss the family goodnight and sleep like a stone. Hotel, motel, feel at home. If you play a little Nina Simone, don't quit your day job. This is my 
my day job it won't stop a single raindrop i gotta get money to purchase a space pod to fly up to heaven in person and thank god this track kind of going off of the last track where uh tribe called quest is retiring they're going to enjoy their lives outside of hip-hop and take a step back and just um reap what they've sown this song covers that a lot Mm -hmm. where atmosphere slug is taking a huge step back and he's talking about family about what it is to have a home with a loving wife that he makes love to which i love that yeah and and how he hunts and gets food for his children from the forest and the trees and uh i what i want to know is how much how hyperbolic is this is he really like living in a house and is he really hunting for food like i mean i believe the part about making love to his life but like (laughs) or to his wife well to his life too i I think he he does have that song love life so i guess what i'm saying like is this a manifesto or is this all just a metaphor for how he feels his life is i think this is a manifesto absolutely Hmm. i mean i've you kind of if you've listened to the most recent atmosphere albums you've kind of seen this evolution happen where he's turned from like street hip-hop artist to family man um Hmm. which is why he he so lovingly calls his music dad rap um (laughs) so cheesy (laughs) it is but it's it's accurate because i think he's he's living a life that a lot of that people think hip-hop artists don't live um because he is he is living this family life you know he's he's made it to where to where apparently he wants to be because his lyrics have gotten progressively happier throughout the album yeah um yeah i mean he's still got he's still got some a chip on his shoulder about a few things in the world you know but that's what makes good hip-hop um well and he even says in this in this song like i like sarcasm and optimism uh he he talks about his frame of mind and he's not trying to hide it or change it for anyone mm-hmm. so yeah it, it that's why that's why i like this one the most off of that album it just feels like totally honest and he's not holding anything back you know he's just kind of telling it like it is and that's how i mean that's how hip-hop started um i mean yeah i mean yeah. it wasn't like party music so hip-hop was originally just party music that didn't really have much to say <laughs> but like the first the first hip-hop songs that had deep lyrical content were just kind of telling a story about what life was like yeah and that's ex- i think that's exactly what's going on in this song yeah, and it's just weird, like you said, it's not very often that we hear of someone who actually has a good life and a simple life with a wife and kids. Uh, even like when Jay-Z raps about his kid, he's talking more about his struggles with legacy mm-hmm. in, the, in the song Jay-Z Blue. And he's talking about how almost uh, he's almost apologizing in advance for the difficult life that he has brought his child into with a life of fame. Yeah. And it, it's coming out of from a completely different tone. Like, sure. He's appreciative of, of Jay-Z of um, blue Ivy and he loves her, but it's not a happy song about how his life's together. Yeah. It is a, almost a pre morning, a, a front loading of his sadness for what the, her world will become. So it's nice to hear the alternative to that. Yeah, and the whole Rhymesayers crew, I feel like they they've got a bit of a different spin on hip hop. Um, it's usually it's typically more positive. Typically, I mean, for me, it's more relatable just because I didn't grow up in Compton, <laughs> so I have yeah, you know, um, it's it's 
it's nice. Like I've I've come to rely on that record label for for hip hop that has kind of a different message about it compared to most. Um, and I think this, I mean, this song is just kind of the pinnacle of that. <laughs> yeah, though I will say, even though at usually you're right that Rhyme Sayers is very good at being that alternative view, that alternative lifestyle, in that like you can still be. Uh, relevant in the rap scene without following the same um, structure. Mm-hmm. But the nec- the artist for the next song that we chose, I feel did very much the same thing under an independent label. Yeah. So yeah, are, are you ready to talk about that? Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about three, two, one. Number seven. Uh, we're on number eight. Okay. <laughs> so let's <laughs> – all right. In that case, let's talk about number three, two, one, eight. eight. So this song, uh, I, I'm realizing now, uh, way too late, that our first four songs we're going to be talking about, spoiler alert, are um, all rap songs. Oh, wow, they are. But that We didn't even like... That's okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets... There's there's lots of non-rap from yeah, here on. Yeah, you could just... Well, not from here on, from the next one on. Yeah, so. sorry. Uh, this is Bear not top us. 10 hip-hop songs of the year. Nope, mere coincidence. It just so happens uh, that it was a good year for hip-hop. It was finally. Yeah. Last year was last year was weird. Yeah. Um, but this song is coming from a little-known rapper called Chance the Rapper, who has now become quite the phenom. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time of recording, he actually recorded um, last night. He was the musical guest on SNL. Uh, he's also done multiple songs on Ellen Show, Late Night Show. Uh, he has taken off. Chance has, which is crazy because he's independent. Like that the people who produced this album, the social experiment, that's just like his buddies. It's not yeah. some crazy thing. Uh, but the song we're talking about is blessings. Ain't no blood on my money. Ain't no Twitter in heaven. I know them drugs isn't close. Ain't no visit in heaven. I know the difference in blessings and worldly possessions. Like my ex girl getting pregnant and her becoming my everything. I'm at war with my wrongs. I'm writing four different songs. I never forged it or forfeited. I'm a force to be reconciled. They want four minute song. You need a four hour praise dance performed every morn. I'm feeling shortness of breath. So Nico, grab you a horn. Hit Jericho with the buzzer beater to end the quarter. Watch brick and mortar fall like dripping water. Uh. I'm just going to keep talking real quick because I'm really excited about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, you do your thing, man. <laughs> so this album, Coloring Book, that this came off of came with a Magnificent Coloring Book tour, which had a grand stage. It had puppets. It had preachers. It had props that would move around with the song, and it was really something special. And this song played really well to it because there is a um, – like Jamelia Woods comes in at the beginning with just a beautiful, almost gospel style voice. And then a chorus comes in towards the end, but this is a whole rap song about how blessed chance feels in his life and how blessed he is that he got his ex-girlfriend pregnant and how blessed he is that he has risen from um, pretty much a, a lot of soul searching and a lot of rapping about stuff he wasn't particularly interested in to really finding his niche. Mm -hmm. I mean, he even says in the songs, like I'm, you know, I'm done with the soul searching. You can keep the nose ring kind of a reference to how like he was kind of grittier and he had more piercings and stuff, but now he's kind of like cleaned up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can kind of like just his, just his tone of voice. 
kind of feels like that. Like that's that's his message. Yeah, he just sounds more confident. Yeah, and he sounds truly happy. And this whole song, he's just happy. Most of this album, he's just happy. And you watch him live, and he's smiling, he's dancing, he's talking to his band, he's he's giving props out to his band, and making it not about him, but about the movement that he's becoming a part of. And uh, it's super refreshing in the rap scene, especially because unlike Ramsayers, and this isn't a diss at Ramsayers at all, but this guy rubs elbows with Kanye West and Jay-Z and Beyonce and Schoolboy Q and all these guys. Uh, He's friends with the upper echelon, and Mm -hmm. yet he chooses to do something unlike any of them. So, Yeah, I think that's that's admirable. I mean, this whole album was was an experience. I mean, it's it's definitely meant to be listened to the whole way through, I think. Yeah, Um, yeah. But we had to pick one. <laughs> and, and this song really just summarizes the whole feeling of that, of Coloring Book, the album. Um, it's just kind of, like you were talking about, it's that positive message, it's that change in his way of life, and he's found where he belongs. Um, and the song is showing just nothing but gratitude for being able to find that. Yeah. So, awesome song. Highly suggest listening to the whole thing. Uh, but we do need to turn the direction a little bit and go to something a little bit darker, I guess. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it is darker, yeah. So I guess we'll do that in pick number one, two, three, seven! Seven! (laughs) Never gets old. That's terrible. Mm. Uh, this... See, now I'm excited about this one. Nice. This, uh, the, the excitement has been flopped here. Uh... So, number seven, yeah, it's a little darker. It comes off of a, oh, what do you know, a Rhymesayers album. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, as as this album was coming close to being released, I saw so many of the other Rhymesayers uh, guys promoting for it. I think this was kind of the crown jewel of Rhymesayers this year. Um Everyone, like everyone involved with Rhymesayers, seemed proud of what of what was done here. Nice, um, and that album, of course, is "The Impossible Kid" by ASAP Rock. Yeah, and and we are talking about Rings because it is a fantastic song. Used to draw, hard to admit that I used to draw. Portraiture in a human form, doodle of a two-headed unicorn. It was soothing, moving his arm in a fusion of man-made tools and amused from beyond. Even if it went beautifully wrong, it was tangible truth for a youth to refuse to belong. No name nuisance, who's in a bedroom, who's in a brand new cuneiform. Barely commune with the horde, got a whole grayscale uncluing his world. Might zone amp to the app of the magpie, unseen hand dragging his graphite. Cross contour, a little bit of backlight, black ink after a bristle to baptize. You can imagine a rush that ensue when you get three dimensions stuffed in a two, then it's off to a school where it's all you get to, being trained and observed by a capable few. So, if you guys, if, if you guys haven't heard Aesop Rock before, um, he's kind of a... I don't, there's got to be a word for this, but he he doesn't he never really sings or anything. He never really changes his tone of voice. He kind of just talks. Yeah, it's like monotone almost. Yeah, but his I, I know that you have you have a little beef with him because of his vocabulary. Um, Not in this song. Not at all no. in this song. This song is beautiful, man. Yeah, he so Aesop Rock Aesop Rock's thing is that he's just got like 
an immense vocabulary. Um, he's able to craft all sorts of good wordplay and uh, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, seems Sometimes it feels like he's showing off a little bit. Uh, but, God, what a thing to show off about instead of, like, rapping about how many people you've killed, you know? Yeah. Like, it's nice that you just like hit you... cuneiform in there. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Of all, the thi- of all the things to have an ego about, your vocabulary is certainly respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, Rings is, it, it was the solo, or it's the solo, <laughs> the single off of the album, the first one to come mm. out. Um, and for good reason, I think it really just shows this new, I mean, it is Aesop Rock with an edge for sure. He is, he's spitting fire on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the verses that he has are, they never slow down. He sounds like he almost never takes a breath, you know? Yeah. Especially, I mean, he's, but he's telling such an elaborate, not elaborate, but he's telling such an interesting story here. Uh, yeah. And honestly, so, so the song starts off the first verse, uh, even though it sounds like he's rapping and it's kind of angry, he, he's really telling the story of how he uh, discovered art and what art is to him. And we're talking visual art here. So he starts off talking about drawing with just a pencil and how he moved on to graphite and he started learning about shading and backlighting and, and figure drawing. And he moved on to Bristol pens to baptize, which is such a beautiful line. Um, yeah. But really, it's it's really neat how he talks about just just learning what it was to create and i think he even says a line here um let me see if i can find it where he's talking about putting oh here it is uh so you can't imagine the rush that the rush that ensues when you get three dimensions stuffed into two Uh, that's so cool that's cool because that's really it's so difficult to just draw what you see and to draw and to convey 3dness it's he captures the feeling of what it is to master a technique so well. And it, so, but the whole first verse is just black and white. And he's talking about his stuff with black and white drawing and yeah. penning. And then he moves on to the hook, which I guess, could you help me tie the hook together? Like, tell me what the hook is and then help tie it together to the message of art, like discovering art. So the the hook is interesting because I think the, the verses are fairly Fairly easily accessible. I mean, compared to other Aesop songs, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of, I mean, you can hardly get all of it on the first listen just because it's so fast. Um, but if you read it, it, it makes sense. But the, the hook takes a little more time to get into, I think. Um, but I think ultimately he's really the language here really ties together visual art and, and musical art. Um, Just cut you off real quick. The, the hook itself is um, shapes falling out of the fringe, all heart, though we would have made cowardly Kings. They will chop you down just to count your rings, just to count your rings, just to count your rings. And, and kind of like that, but he's talking about people chopping you down to count your rings and how the fall, like even Kings and leaders will fall and people will just stand there and count the rings. So, mm-hmm. sorry. So go back. You were saying visual, yeah. sorry, tying together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it, he's kind of saying if you've, you know, you've had crazy success as an artist, whether it be musical or visual or whatever, um, 
he's kind of warning that after they cut you down, you know, after you're gone, after your your old news, you know, the only thing that's going to be left is what you created. Kind of going um, along with that, I, I I think, and this is kind of how I interpret it. Um, but he's saying, you know, shapes falling out of the fringe, all heart, though we would have made cowardly kings. I think to touch upon what you're talking about, how popular artists are under such scrutiny, I think that really does impair them to truly create their legacy because Katy Perry can't put out a shit song. She just can't. That's not an option. Even if it's honest, even if it's what's coming from her heart and it's something that she wants to leave behind as a legacy, she has so much pressure on her that that's just not an option. Whereas yeah. he's saying, like, shapes coming out of the fringe, there's all this interesting stuff coming out of our realm, the, the rhyme sayers, the people who are taking more of a back seat and who have less scrutiny on them. They do all sorts of cool stuff. But when he says, but we would have made cowardly kings, I feel like he's personally acknowledging that they would have folded under the same scrutiny. That if he was yeah. put under the same pressure as these popular artists, he probably would back off and water down his music the same as them. Well, he just started doing live shows. Really? I mean, yeah. His the first time he ever performed live was on Conan, I think, and it was a few months ago. It was one of the songs off of the new album. I watched that. I didn't know it was his premiere on television. That was the first time he's he's first time he's performed live. Wow, that's crazy. And Aesop, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, <laughs> uh, no, I think that's true. I um, I seem to remember the the article that I read about that performance mentioning that it was the first time that he's stepped into the limelight like that. Maybe it was his first time on TV, but I can't remember. Well, and how scary is that? Now people might recognize him. You know, like yeah. like just people, people, not even fans, but people being like, hey, weren't you that guy on the show? Like, that's opening yourself up to just a whole new world, and that's very scary. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that that line that you briefly mentioned earlier, just to kind of cap this mm-hmm. off, um, I think uh, – when he's he's talking about doing a portrait of somebody mm-hmm. and kind of the the trial and error of it, and he <laughs> says, "Capture a map of the gesture, back up, add a little accurate fat to the figure, yeah. redo that, move that inward." Uh, it's just like it, it it paints such an accurate that <laughs> paints <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it brings it it brings forward such an accurate depiction of what it takes to be an accurate artist yeah. to do like, you know, to do figure drawing. Um, but I love that line add it, add a little accurate fat <laughs> to the figure. That's just, yeah, that's a great line. It's like, Oh yeah. That, that, that feature there needs more fat to be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Not trying to be nice, trying to be accurate. And yep, exactly. And I think that is just, that's Aesop rock in general. But then he contradicts it and says, redo that, move that inward. So he slims him back down a little bit. Yeah. It's great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fantastic. Anyway, such a fun song. Um, and the, the whole album is great, but that one is, that one takes a kick for sure. Mm-hmm. For me anyway. Um, he's, he's a great, he's a really fun artist to listen to. He'll, he'll uh, kind of blow your mind with his ability to weave words together. So give him a try. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's give him song number uh, six, right? Yeah. So this is yep. by um, David Bowie. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, he he died <laughs> shortly. Yeah. yeah, in case you've been disconnected from everything mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. But this song, uh, before he passed, he, he put all the work into this album, Black Star, that came out. And on this song was, I think it's pretty much unanimously agreed upon that this was the most... 
compelling song on the album, specifically because he died. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about the song Lazarus, which I'll play a bit of for you now. Look up here, I'm in heaven. I've got scars that can't be seen. I've got drama can't be stolen. Everybody knows me now. Okay, so you kind of got a a preview into this. Uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a monstrosity of a song. Mm. It's not super long, but I mean, I feel like. I feel like every song on this album is just, it's a tough one to tackle just because of the weight behind this whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lazarus is definitely, I mean, the first the first verse is, look up here, I'm in heaven, I've got scars that can't be seen, I've got drama, can't be stolen, everybody knows me mm. now. It's, uh, that is the most self-aware thing. He knew he was dying. He knew he was not going to be around for and much longer. And we didn't. Which was so sad. Yeah, and we didn't. And it's just to have somebody as influential and and important to the music world as David Bowie be this self-aware about, you know, about his situation, about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's what makes this song worth worth being on this list i mean it was hard to put it this far down yeah, for me, yeah. but but i i can't let i can't let the fact that <laughs> he's no longer with us influence that but anyway um just to i mean the weight of this song is is so immense because you know that he was writing this knowing that he wasn't going to live to see the end product, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean and just like hearing somebody have that conversation with themselves mm. is is unnerving for sure. But that's exactly what David Bowie does so well is dissonance and weirdness and and providing providing inspiration for the the dejected and downtrodden and misunderstood and confused. Yeah. That's he's kind of he is the icon of that group of people um you're right he's he's the icon of what it is to be strange what it is to be queer what it is to be not only an outsider in the sense that he was from the uk but an outsider in the sense that that he was gay that he was very interested in uh fashion but it was a very different type of fashion it was more um feminine it was more definitely used as much hair product as the um, like hair metal bands of the days, but it was done in such a completely different way where he took what rock was at the time, but he made it more feminine, more interesting, more diverse and interesting. And it, I think with this song, it, he, that's reflected in his music video for this song too. Not, not the hairstyle mm-hmm. and stuff, but the fact that he's just a strange man and the song has him in a hospital bed and then he rises from it as he's singing these words uh but what i like from it is actually like later on in the song when he just when he's talking about moving to new york or at least being in new york and spending all his money like everyone always does uh yeah but he says uh 
this way or no way, you know I'll be free. Just like that bluebird. Now, ain't that just like me? It's it's like, what a, I, I feel like that's something you would say to your friends. Like, when you're looking back and you're telling them a story and you're like, isn't that just something I would do? Like, isn't that... Yeah. I, it's it's good. You don't, you, you don't see this kind of, like... Uh, you know, this is the equivalent of breaking the fourth mm-hmm, wall mm-hmm. in music. You yeah, know? and you don't see that very. I mean, you don't see it effectively done very, very often. Yeah. Um, and the fact that this, you just feel like you're listening to his. You you feel like you're listening to his last thoughts. This you know? feels like ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, like yeah. this whole thing of of just this this floating away, this sense of loss, but at the same time, it's a happier sounding song. Yeah, well, it's funny that you say floating away, because uh, floating is definitely something that I get out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like especially where the true like the the true outro begins at like five minutes and ten seconds. Let's play a little bit of that right now too. So that, you hear that little like high-pitched bass come in and kind of start doing a kind of a, a little detailed bass line there, and the the two-note guitar riff that kicks in about every twenty mm-hmm. seconds. <laughs> it's just like you feel like he's just kind of slowly fading out. You know, he's the the music constantly evolves until the end of the song, where it's just simple you know drums and guitar Mm -hmm, and that's it mm -hmm. and you feel like that's kind of the feeling that he's trying to get to with this is just a slow fading away of what what he left us with yeah and it's so strange it's like i don't know why this image is in my mind but it's like a sparkler where it's like his life burned bright and flashy and and was in people's faces and then it just kind of like at the way it just dithered and it just the silence was louder than the sound and and mm-hmm. when he lost there it just it, a vacuum was created where like it was just such a loud silence when he passed and it caught on and people are just like had no words just no words so yeah mm. i mean i for for someone like this i mean he he was an influence to nearly every single contemporary artist including 9 inch nails every, right yeah i, I mean he he was he saved Trent Reznor. I mean, he saved him from himself. Like, not an exaggeration. Ultimately. He, like, saved no. him from himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they went on tour together, and and I think Trent learned a lot of important things from Bowie about how to get his life back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, because Bowie had been there before. He, I mean, he didn't have a, a very glamorous 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he thought he lived the life, but God, it was full of self-loathing and and drug abuse and the loss of his good friend with freddie mercury and there was a whole uh aids movement going on in the gay community where it was it was a rough time to be in his position yeah absolutely and i feel like you know if there's a if there's a song if there's a song out there 
that's going to give us a window into the entirety of David Bowie's mm-hmm. life. I feel like Lazarus is the one. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives you the, the feeling of his whole existence as, as much as a simple song can. Yeah, you know? it does it. Um, aside from, aside from watching him perform hurt with nine inch nails, this is that, that was truly, I think the greatest, greatest song that he recorded was, <laughs> was he and Trent singing hurt together was just mm-hmm. kind of super eerie. Um, seeing that after he had passed but uh this was absolutely his swan song lazarus was Hmm. um and i mean what a what a shame to lose such an influential artist and such a such a stand-up human being and such a an interesting person i mean he like i said earlier he's he's kind of the representative of the freaks yeah yeah and and we lost a, a huge influence in our lives with him, but you know, what a, what an amazing gift to leave us with. Yeah. So huh, that's number six. Uh, and that puts us, <laughs> that puts us at, uh, Ooh, boy. halfway right. there. So halfway I'd say there. we're halfway yeah. there. Let's take our own little halftime. Uh, I'm going to go get another yep. beer, use the bathroom. Yep. What would you like to play yep. us out with before we come back? Uh, Ooh, we should play us out with something from 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let's. Oh, I got an idea. Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's play us out to our um, intermission with one of our listener picks. Oh, absolutely. What do you have in mind? So uh, this uh, our intermission music here is uh, a song by Pusher, and it is called Clear. back from our intermission where i totally didn't download mario run and start playing it oh jesus nope uh how how is it uh it's how how do you how do you think it would be if you played it you know i'd if it were theoretically done downloading i'd be able to tell you but uh apparently it's a very large game so huh theoretically theoretically it's quite uh taking a while on my wi-fi Mm -hmm. yeah but we have more important matters to get to uh (laughs) I believe number five was your pick. Would you like to let the audience uh, uh, know what we're in for? Yeah, so definitely not more uplifting than David Bowie, so I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but a different, a, a different sound for sure. Um, we are going to listen to a song entitled We Were So Young by a band called Hammock. Hammock. <laughs> 
Um, so this song was, I mean, it was one of my one of the ones on my list for sure that I wanted up for consideration. And then we had um, another listener mention it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that kind of solidified its position on our top ten list. Um, and <laughs> for those of you that know Hammock, which is zero of you, um, there's less than five. The, or, I mean, maybe one. Mm. Maybe one and a half. Yeah, less than five of you know Hammock, which is fine. Totally, totally acceptable. Um, they are usually a, a fairly ambient group, um, oftentimes without lyrics, uh, oftentimes so ambient that you would almost call it drone. Um, but sometimes they spice it up a little bit. Uh, and this is... <laughs> this song that we spicy. picked here is like as spicy as hammock hammock gets so if you like it then uh then feel free to delve more into it but anyway um it's one of the few songs that they sing on although there are more it, it, the songs are more free or um the songs that they sing on are more frequent on their newest album uh everything and nothing was the title of the album uh but which came out in April of this year. April was a good month for post rock. We had um, explosions yeah. in the sky, which ended up on some on our honorable mentions. Uh, we had Mogwai. We had Hammock. I did not um, listen to Brian Eno. We had Russian Circles. Uh, I guess he's not post rock, good... but still ambient. Oh yeah, Brian Eno. Although, yeah, but mm-hmm. he's <laughs> he created everything that is instrumental music. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, this song was chosen i think i think this is a strong number five pick because the it's just it it really touches on hammock the the guys so hammock is two two artists um i'm blanking on their names right now this is terrible anyway i'll just skip over that um so hammock is two artists uh that like I said, usually fairly ambient, usually don't have a whole lot to say lyrically. Um, but you can tell from their social media interaction and from their their booklets on their albums and from how they do their music videos, all of that, that they have a lot to say musically. Um, and it's great to hear them get it right because they you know that they are communicating you know mm-hmm. this this is therapy for them this it's like music for everybody you know it's it's a form of therapy and but with hammock i feel like that is so much more relevant and so much more apparent um that they are absolutely bettering themselves through their music and and providing us a way to take the ride with them um you know they they are they have the kind of a typical post-rock sort of background they come out of uh i believe they're come out of nashville lots yeah, of midwestern yeah. and southern influences in in post-rock because <laughs> the landscape is so bare <laughs> that it's hard to like a lot of post-apocalyptic sort of ideas come to mind and i think that's kind of where a lot of this music stems from but i'm kind of rambling now but um the I feel like the main feeling, the main sentiment that Hammock always, always yeah. completely nails is nostalgia. Um, and, I mean, just from 
just from the title of the song, We Were So Young, um, you can tell that it's going to be a reflection on, you know, a previous life. Not not a different life, but previous previous events and how things have come to be where they are and, you know, reminiscing about when when they were so young, you know. And it the cliches that they sell, I'm buying. And yeah, absolutely. Even though they say, you know, like, lying in the unknown, hands held to the sky, the world felt like a temple so divine, we burn just like stars that never die. That line, we burn like stars that never die, like, kill me now. But, yeah. But it, because he's talking about youth and what it is to feel youth, I'll buy it. And because yeah. he wraps it up in such a beautiful, uh, well-designed package, I will swallow this pill. Uh, yeah, whereas if, if Katy Perry, I know she's talented, all that, but if she were to sing a similar lyric, I'd be like, eh, you got to try yeah. harder than that. You know, you got to <laughs> you got to put a little bit of effort into it if you're going to use that much of a cliche. So, yep. great Absolutely. pick, uh, Riley. <laughs> I'm realizing I, I keep wanting to say, man, like, guys, it gets better. The playlist gets so much more optimistic. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 2016 was a year of of loss and it was a year of. It was a year of, of coming to terms with the fact that the world might not be the way that you thought it was. And yeah. I mean, and, and even if there are any Trump supporters left listening to this podcast, which it's possible, it's possible. I mean, even even people who won the election and aren't feeling a sense of loss from the election or people from different countries that just it doesn't pertain to them. We lost some good people. Uh, we lost some crazy things, even with like with the Lepo that's going on now, like there is loss in this world. And yeah. unfortunately, our list kind of reflects that. And uh, even the next song, uh, song number four, if I may introduce it. Um, yes, absolutely. It's not a happy song. It's not about finding a peaceful resolution to someone's uh, emotional turmoil. In fact, it delves into it even more. Uh, <laughs> and the just so- what you were just what you were waiting for, <laughs> right? And uh, the song that I'm talking about is uh, off of a fantastic record that came out this year um, by the Deftones. The name of the album is Gore, and it was teased to us, uh, but we got the full thing this year. And uh, so it's by the Deftones. The song is called Hearts Slash Wires. Let's take a listen. start like i'm (laughs) i'm trying to you know i'm I'm super excited about this song and like want to share it with everyone that i meet (laughs) but usually i just let the song do the talking um because it kind of speaks for itself it's the intro alone is like you know you're in for something Mm -hmm. um that's that they they obviously put a lot of thought into this um yeah you know some songs some songs can feel fairly brushed over and they can feel like they were added at the end of the record just to be filler um this is absolutely not the case with hearts wires um it just from the get-go you can it's got this nice slow build up and then it kind of 
breaks down a little bit right before Chino starts singing. Um, yeah, and and that's what I played for you guys is just a little bit of that intro and where it really picks up. Um, and I would like to hear some of your favorite lyrics and maybe a different part that they could really get uh, the full the fullness of Chino as well. Uh, but we'll get to yeah. that here in a little bit. So it comes through and Chino rises in with his voice. Uh, so what what side Which, of Chino are we seeing in this song? We're saying that the typically reflective, uh, melancholy, soul-searching side of Chino so on this. So it's um, safe to say that he was probably more um, a part of the songwriting process as opposed to his guitarist, which tends to go with the heavier stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine so. Um, and as far as favorite favorite lyrics... Um, or most representative stanza. yeah. I, the first verse to me, the very first verse, I think, awesome, really, really ties together kind of the whole feeling of this. That's great. Um, so let's just pick up where we left off and let him listen to that first verse real quick. Yeah. So, you know, we were speaking to the fact that this is not a more uplifting song than our previous. <laughs> um, and nothing makes that more evident than the first line of this song, which is nothing can save me now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's what I believe. It really takes you there. Yeah. But the, the imagery of the following lines, I think he's obviously dealing with loss of some kind. Um, and you feel like it's death um but it could very easily just be relationship um it's it that's what's great about a lot of his songs anyway is that they're fairly interchangeable as far as what you're dealing with but possibly the my favorite imagery on this song um is the like the third and fourth line of the first verse where he says the slit in the sky when you left is all I see. What a like what a cool image mm. of of somebody passing, you know? It's like they the mm-hmm. they're leaving this world was so violent for you that they left a slit in the sky and it's all he can focus on. Yeah. And then he says he has nothing to sing about. I've bared all my leaves. He's he's completely exposed himself and spent everything that he has on this and and he said he follows it up with no visions or dreams about you came true for me so nothing he was nothing he was hoping for nothing that he was you know that he was praying for nothing that happened nothing that he wished had happened actually happened and this is the ultimate loss yeah can you imagine man a totally irreparable and and unsalvageable loss and and like this breaks my heart because i i know you're well 
Hmm. We're both romantics. I'd say we're slightly mm-hmm. different types of romantics, but mm-hmm. yeah. I, I tend to play out situations in my head. Like if I meet someone that I'm interested, I can't help but go down a little bit of, uh, of the road of like, what would it be like if we lived together? If, yeah. if I got to wake up and, and see her and talk to her in the morning and like, what would that look like? What fun little things would we do? What inside jokes? Like I play out those scenarios in a, in a non creepy way. Of course, this is just yeah. a human, this is a human thing, you know, yeah. like what would life be like with this person? Yeah, and exactly. I'm usually pretty idealistic about it and pretty optimistic about it. But to have all of those dreams and not to have anything even remarkably close, even just to have all of that torn away and instead to just be cut and, and sanded down upon, like, that's heartbreaking. It's like mourning for something that never was. It, it's weird. It's yeah. that weird type of heartbreak where you almost want to blame yourself for even being an optimist. You almost want to blame yourself for having hope. Yeah. Or for believing in humanity and believing in another person and, and opening yourself up. You almost lose hope that opening yourself up and burying everything is, is worth it's it. It's worth anything, yeah. Yeah. And it, it puts the listener in a very strange place, um, mm-hmm. which I think is great. It's very provocative. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, speaking of not you know, not being creepy, because it's not. I mean, that's a, a, like you no. said, that's human nature. But Chino gets real creepy with it. Um, mm-hmm. The chorus is <laughs> particularly <laughs> out there. Um, he says, cut through this razor wire and dine on your heart. Mine till the end. Break through, clip the wires, and writhe in your heart. Mine till the end. Mm. And it's like he's... I don't Writhe in your heart just sounds like he's a like a parasitic individual that's going to be in this person's heart forever yeah and it's not going to be comfortable (laughs) but he's going to force himself in there because he's wishing for it so hard and that's where the but that's that's the darker side of chino that's coming out which i i mean all of us that know the deftones have learned to love that side of chino um Mm -hmm. And this is absolutely indicative of his his, his usual lyricism. And and what uh, same thing about Chino too is he he doesn't learn from his mistakes sometimes. Yeah. And, and because even still he says stuck with just illusion now I drown in your sea. I hope that you first save yourself and then come back for me. Like he's still looking out for this person's best interest. And and I guess I don't know the story. Maybe. Maybe this relationship fell apart because of kind of what this like song hints at, where possibly like a drug overdose or some sort of struggles with substance abuse or self harm. Yeah. That could have been what ended the relationship. But either way, it seems like he still is not putting his own health and safety and self interest ahead of this person who is clearly broken and not acting in their best self interest. Absolutely, but, and I feel like there's no more appropriate time than now to. Uh, give our public service announcement of do not try this at home. Mm. Always take care of yourself first. Yep. And somebody else second, because it will not work if you do it the other way around. It's, it's like the, the reason the flight attendants tell you this literally every time that if you don't get yourself oxygen first and try to help someone out next to you, you're both going to pass out, bro. Like it's not okay. And, and I mean, 
I know so many people that just run themselves to the bone and some people do it uh, off of through some lens of Christianity and self-sacrifice. And I'm like, no, nope, nope. Yeah. That's, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no point to self-sacrifice if it's, if you're not going to be around to help people, you know? Yeah. So take care of yourselves, guys. If you have toxic relationships and people who take and take and take and take and take, you you can't become a slave to that. You can't just tell yourself that that it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Someday they'll give back. Like at a certain point, you need to take care of yourself. And absolutely, I know that sounds selfish, but it's it's better to have one person digging themselves to the depths and suffering than to have two people for like no reason except for your pride and for your your seeming belief that maybe you can somehow fix someone. Yeah, that's not how it works so yep. okay think, thanks for I that psa yeah <laughs> i think we're both coming from uh personal experience on that one yeah nope nope nothing <clears throat> nothing um, at all nope <laughs> <laughs> so as we get higher up this list um things do get lighter things, things do get lighter do get lighter uh, unfortunately not from like a lyrical standpoint at least no, this next no track. not at all not at all you guys are gonna be real sad I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but this this next song is great, and this um yes, this is of course the favorites. top the top two. It's been we've been ironing things out mostly. Riley he he knows that I remain pretty steadfast, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I've been coming to terms with the fact that we allowed Clark's song to have number one, and I'm very Clark. appreciative of that. Yeah. But you did get number two, and it is a beautiful song, and I'd love to hear you give it a give it a little introduction a little teaser before we play it sure i will give it an introduction when we are on number two but we are on number three um and (laughs) three is oh wow (laughs) should we start that whole video you just watched me hang myself (laughs) oh it was glorious though um so um so number three on our list, getting down to the last few here. Uh, number th- unlike any other song I've heard before. Hey, um, that's cool. It is so. It, uh, it seems like more. Before we get into it, it seems like more and more often songs are avoiding being categorized in a genre. Um, Intentionally. Or, or just creatively you know they just do so many different things mm, within mm-hmm. them that it's kind of hard to put them anywhere yeah um, yeah because i have no idea where i'd put this song <laughs> on a genre map um but the song we're talking about uh number three is if i believe you by the 1975 and if i believe If I told you I need you, is that what you want? And I'm broken and bleeding, and begging for help, and I'm asking you, Jesus, show yourself. Yeah, I would agree. This song, I mean, it's a pop band, and at times they're almost a boy band, 
but clearly, I mean, you guys just heard a little part of it. It's a long song. There's lots of instrumental solos. There's lots of really wandering and choruses that come in. I'll try and sneak another sample in here, but you really have to go listen to the song for yourself because it is just a gorgeous setup. Um, so what... I guess what, so this was my pick, but I feel like you definitely grew on it yeah. in a pretty oh, significant inst- instantly. way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about that journey. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that I went through the same kind of thing that he is talking about here, which mm, mm-hmm. uh, the song, If I Believe You, simply put very simply and very basically is kind of a conversation that this that the uh vocalist has about his his exper- his experimentation experience with religion and he's kind of asking himself you know if i if i choose to believe in mm-hmm. in the i mean i i'm assuming the christian world um because he's talking about jesus but he's he's basically asking himself if I choose to believe in you and if I choose to adopt this lifestyle, will you end all my suffering? Will, mm. will my pain mm. be over? Will all of my struggles be over? Um, and, and th- I mean, that's the, the general gist of the song. And I mean, I've definitely been there before, um, myself uh, but i was i was fairly young when i mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. the decisive turn um and but a lot of this conversation could be that he's having could be you know it's like a, me the 13 my 13 year old self could listen to this song and and interpret the lyrics the same way that i do now like yeah it's, it's yeah. not a it's not a metaphoric song at all um no you know and but he asks he asks some of the important questions that I got to you know like um, if if you I, I forget the exact wording but basically mm-hmm. if if you exist and if you're out there and if you're going to save me then why did you make me an atheist in the first place why am I like that yeah and I'm actually gonna play that uh, for them because I think this is a really important part of the song and I feel like it's it's certainly um, Though it's not the end of the song, it certainly shows us the conclusion that Matt Healy, the singer, has come to. So here's where we say he he essentially is writing the song to God, asking God a bunch of questions. But he does say, I'm an atheist. And and this is where the resolve comes. So I'm just going to play a bit of that for you. I thought I met you once or twice. Showing me consciousness is primary in the universe And I had a revelation I'll be a child if you insist I mean if it was you that made my body You probably shouldn't have made me atheist But oh, I'm a lesbian I'm an evangelist And if you don't wanna go to hell and this You better start selling this Now, I believe the way that I pitched this song to you when you were asking for the top 10 nominations and why this would be a part of it, I think I pitched that... um, So Matt Healy, the the lead singer of this band, he clearly has tried to find himself 
in many things over the course of his life, whether that's alcoholism, drugs, women, 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 uh, <laughs> drugs, probably a few men, women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and yet none of those he has really truly found fulfillment in. And we see that through his songs, how there's so much heartbreak and there's so much um, ups and downs. This this is truly a manic depressive of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And this song is just truly a, a man who is saying, uh, and I'm broken and bleeding and begging for help. And I'm asking you, Jesus, show yourself. This is a man who is desperate for answers and solutions to the point that he is singing this song to God saying like, all right, man, I give up. I'll be a child ins- if you insist. I-, I will be an evangelist for you if you just make this go away. And it puts it in this beautiful, beautiful package with a trumpet solo. Son of a bitch, I'm God. playing it right now. Oh. Here we go. Oh. always with the trumpet solos which is which is great i love it it gives it that (laughs) that you're not expecting jazz to come out of nowhere and and just smooth this song right over but it does Mm -hmm. um but really i mean this this song takes you i mean you feel like you're going on this kind of spiritual soul searching journey with with this guy, you know? Mm-hmm, um, uh, and I, I'm just going to say one last thing because we do need to move on to the next song. Mm-hmm. But first of all, buy this album. The album is by the 1975. Oh, yeah. It's called I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. Listen to the whole thing start to finish. Skip number two. That song sucks. Um, <laughs> but please listen to this song, um, the If I Believe You. And please listen through, if I believe you, the next song, Please Be Naked, the next oh. song, Lost My Head, and then the final song, The Ballad of Me and My Brain. These four songs are such an incredibly important chord to this album, and I feel like this is really where it hits the sweet spot. So I, I'd say if you listen to these four songs in a row, you'll be a very happy duck. So mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the last little bit I have on this song. All right, so number two um, is... Another song that is completely, it's not a shock to anybody that I picked this band. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not Nine Inch Nails, although they do have something coming out. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, it will have been released. So Woo! Changes uh, everything. Yeah, that changes everything. But I, I, don't think, I don't think even one of those songs would dethrone this song for me. Um, and I don't know specifically why. Um, <laughs> As you're, you're asking me to explain why I picked this song that you have a hard time relating to. I, um, it's a pretty song. It's a very pretty song. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about is the title track off of the album Leaf's new album, um, Between Waves. Shine blinds my 
I think maybe 10% of the reason that I love this song so much is that this is the ultimate uh, development of the album Leaf and what mm. I hoped that, that they would sound like eventually. I um, can 100% agree with that. I mean, I, I found the album Leaf years and years ago, and I think the first album that I have from them is, I think it's The Light. Let me look it up. Into the Blue again? Into the Blue again, or even, uh, yeah, followed by in a safe place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, pretty early on in the album Leafs discography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really does have a lot of instrumental. I really like it as an ambient playsetter, but their storytelling abilities weren't as developed. I, I felt like they were making music that sounded good and it definitely matched what they had in their head, but it didn't go in as much of a direction and it didn't tell as vivid of a story. Whereas uh, between waves does that. Yeah, uh, but it does employ a lot more lyricism as a result. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, you hardly, I mean, on their earlier stuff, you hardly hear him sing. Um, mm-hmm. And then he starts to sing a little bit on the following albums, and it's okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, his voice is all right. It's it 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 adds an extra dimension to the music. But God, what a change on this yeah, track! Yeah, I mean, his voice is beautiful on this it fits perfectly with with what he's trying to do here musically yeah and it's not very challenging the lyrics i mean it's it's not monotone he's definitely singing but it's not a complicated vocal flourishes and stuff he's just getting the lyrics across yeah uh so it's it's minimalism in a different way yeah definitely it's 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 so effective while still being while still embracing the simplicity that album leaf usually has um but speaking to why i mean the ultimate question is why does this deserve number two Mm. why Mm -hmm. of all the songs that i listen all the new songs that i listen to this year why did this one make the top of my list um and that i don't have a specific answer for I, the the lyric there's one line that he repeats a lot in this song mm. because it involves the title um mm-hmm. that when i you know when you when you first listen to a new album by a band that you really like you listen to it a bunch um yeah you know you listen yeah. to you listen to my usual pattern is i'll listen to like 75 percent of it and there. In, in that first 75%, there will usually be a song that really stands out to me. And I'll, mm-hmm. I won't listen to the end, and I'll go back and listen to that song a bunch. It's like LCD sound system. Yeah. We were just talking about that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I can never bring myself to finish the album all the way through because I really want to go back <laughs> and listen mm-hmm. to that one mm-hmm. song. And that was this song. Um, mm. And so I listened to it the first time, and I was like, oh, man. And you know how, mm-hmm. like, this song is, is just over six minutes long. But at least for me, on the first, li- that's why I love first listens on an album. Um, mm-hmm. Because the first time you hear this song, it seems so much longer. Because you're just like, Doesn't wow, it... this is just, this is just a spatially unaware song. It's just going to kind of go everywhere and keep going. Um and I love that. I just got lost in it. 
Yeah, and isn't it a shame that it never feels like that the second time? It feels so short the second time. It does. And it everything does. feels, you know what's coming. And Yeah, but you also develop a much more uh, pointed appreciation for it. You know, because mm-hmm. you start to pick out the little parts that you like. Like my first, my first five listens, ten listens, even I didn't notice that there was a trumpet sound, but there oh. is. There's a little trumpet that comes in and out, like right around, uh, right after like two minutes and fifteen seconds, a trumpet comes in and persists through almost the rest of the song. I, I want to pick your brain a little bit about the lyrics um, that we've yeah. talked around quite a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't. So, we've we've mentioned that he doesn't usually sing and that he sings and it's really good, <laughs> but we haven't said anything that he sings. Isn't uh, that just like us, Riley? Yeah. Isn't that just like us? So, uh, in specific, I want to talk about uh, what I feel is the nut of it. There's not that many lyrics to work with, but it says, "Feel the rain, won't let go. No one knows. Inside, we let go. Our love grows." Between waves, I take my breath. Especially that last line, between waves, I take my breath. Uh, I know what that means to me, but I want to hear what it is for you. So uh, that that whole verse, uh, feel the rain, won't let go, no one knows. Inside, we let go, our love grows. Between waves, Mm -hmm. I take my breath. To me, it conjures an image of, of like being adrift at sea you know and it's but like not in a yeah. boat or anything you're just in the water um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you you know it there's nothing like there's a there's a reason that that oh god i forget what they're called the the sensory deprivation um you got thing, it the things that you sensory deprivation is that just is that it yep that's it like where you these places you go where that takes away all your senses. Um, that's the ocean. I mean, <laughs> you're like yeah. being in that much water. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's kind of where I place him when he says inside we let go. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's no doubt. I mean, look at the, the name of the album, the album art, the, the themes throughout the album. This is 100% someone floating in the water yeah uh, watching the moon fade and the sun come up and and the moon come back yeah. so sorry and no so, but, uh, yeah i would agree i don't think it's up for dispute like this song is definitely about floating in the ocean yeah and i mean it, certainly a metaphor for life in general of just kind of being afloat and and this in particular this song in particular talks about how you know with with that feeling of of letting go and just kind of floating and letting it happen um that their love grows you know um mm. but the alt- the the important line for me um is just between waves i take my breath and he just repeats that um mm-hmm. and I think I, I mean I think my interpretation of it is fairly simple and fairly straightforward. It's just so fitting for I don't know if it's for our point 
the point that we're both at in our lives or mm-hmm. or what but it just seems to be 100% accurate for what <laughs> you know what what's happening right now and that's just that between between all these like if you can imagine floating in the ocean um mm-hmm. and being at the mercy of the tides and the mercy of the sea that in between the waves that you are riding up and down, you would have to take your breath. And that's kind yeah. of how I felt this year has been is yeah, in yeah. between the waves of, you know, I personally, I like, I've relied on in the, in the recent years, in the recent, you know, past half dozen years, I've relied on distance running for therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of this year, I, I injured myself pretty badly and couldn't do it for three months. And, um, that was, I was pressed about it. And that's like the first time that in a while that I've really been like upset with myself about something. Um, yeah, but you know, I had to find a way to just like take my breath and, and get back, you know, find something else to do for a while and find a way to stay positive. And I was, you know, I was living in a city that I didn't really much care for and I was stuck there Mm. and, Mm um, it was it's another like another wave that <laughs> that came towards me is like trying to figure out how to get out and then yeah um you know just the importance of persisting through any adversity i mean i i've experienced such minute adversity compared to the rest of the world but it's i mean it's it's relative to a point um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and with the year like 2016 has been which is not the crowning jewel of all years for sure um <laughs> i feel like i've i've been in a constant state of reminding myself like okay it, it it's we'll find a way through this we'll be fine and i heard this song like i really i mean i heard it but i didn't really totally plug into it until like a little you know a few weeks later and then I put mm-hmm. it back on and I was like, this is exactly, this is, this is it. This is my year. This is totally, and to all the, all the natural, all the environmental imagery that he has in this, it, I've mm-hmm. always, I mean, I've always related to celestial references, like the sun and the moon and, um, oh, yeah. all that stuff. That's, that's how I relate to the natural world is on the grand scale or, um, grand scale you do of have a tattoo of that <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and and that's why i have it i mean it's that's what serves and that's why i got it is to serve as a constant reminder of the ridiculous insignificance of the happenings of our life as far as mm. our our overall existence is concerned um well man count me convinced um, <laughs> So I have I have my own story around yeah. this uh, song. It's a uh, it's a little bit lighter. Um, <laughs> so when I was when I was in middle school, uh, and even when maybe even younger than that, uh, my parents' have idea of like a vacation was to go to Canada mm-hmm. uh, because that was back before you had to really have a passport. It was. Um, pre 9-11 come to think of it mm-hmm. because it was a breeze getting in and out of borders um but <clears throat> went to canada a few times we spent some time in banff at this beautiful wilderness but we also went up to uh the largest mall in the world in edmonton uh 
I believe that's still in Alberta County. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, we went to Edmonton and we went to the biggest wall, mall in the world, which happens to have a very large wave pool. Uh, now, for those of you who, who don't know me, I am not of the tallest stature. I am weighing in at, uh, wait, not weighing in, but I, I measure at 5'4", about 5'3 and a half, 5'4", it depends on. Yeah, I'll, depends I'll on call things, you 5'4". Yeah, 5'4 in the morning, 5'3 uh, <laughs> yeah. and a half by the end of the night for sure. Um, but I, uh, partially because of my height, especially before I kind of hit that nice, uh, little boost that you get at the beginning of high school, I was rather short and I always, always disliked swimming pools and swimming partially because I could never touch the bottom and my friends would be playing in the deep end and they could touch down whenever they damn wanted. They could stop and rest if they felt like it. But if I was playing with the big kids, I was treading and it was exhausting and it was hard. And if someone jokingly pushed me down, I couldn't just stand up. I actually had to swim my way up and tread while choking out the water. So I've never been a huge fan of of swimming, of pools, and especially of the ocean, which is such a strong reminder that I have no agency over my mortality at that particular <laughs> moment. So with that in mind, picture me in uh, the largest mall in the world in a wave pool. Yep, a wave pool. So not only could I not touch the bottom when I was swimming with people, but there were waves going constantly, pulling me up, pushing me down, pulling me up. And it had been my first time doing this. I hadn't been in the ocean. This was my first experience with waves. And I found myself panicking uh, and, and getting a little bit sick and, and feeling this need to get out, just get out. And, and usually I hold on to the edges, but uh, you know, there were all people sitting along the edges and I had a hard time with that. So I found myself grasping onto the second rung of a ladder that goes out. And, and, <laughs> and what happened next is my parents would describe and my sister would, would laugh and describe because they didn't realize how incredibly traumatizing this was for me was the waves would come up and I'd be holding onto this ladder and then I would go between waves and they would see me just dangling from this ladder with both <laughs> hands gripping as tight as I could trying to pull myself up before the waves came again and and struggling just to hold on for dear life between waves and I was so scared and I couldn't get out um, because the waves, as soon as I, as soon as I found my footing, the waves would come back and I'd be drawn back into the flow. Uh, and, and I look back now and that's hilarious, right? Like little me kicking and my parents laugh at it. It's a funny story, but it was a, it was a harsh lesson that really, but, but when it comes to waves, um, you, can either choose to go with them and try to enjoy it and laugh and be like, ah, oh, I could die at any second, but somehow this is a fun experience. Yeah. <laughs> or you can try to resist it and fight it and to grab onto something and to try and try and bend the world around you. But if you do that, all you'll do is find yourself hanging with nothing to hold you and nothing to support you. So you need to make the decision. Will you go with the waves and simply find your breath between waves? Or are you going to try and grab on and fight it? And, and it sounds like you decided to roll with it and you decided to go where the waves took you, which was out of Boise, which was out of running for the time and to find new ways to cope with it instead of trying to resist and find yourself hanging. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's my story. Well, that's, I mean, yours is just as profound as mine. I mean, that's exactly the, 
that's it, it felt funny in my head yeah <laughs> <laughs> looking back now like i said it's funny it was yeah. funny for my parents it was funny for my sister but, but for me it was a very serious moment and life. but the metaphor of it that extends out into your current life and in mm-hmm. everybody's current life you know and that's that's the value of it right there yeah and and the fact Oof. the 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 mere fact that this song incites all of that within us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. solidifies its position this high up on the list. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I yeah. This uh very well earned. But we do really need to get on with this. <laughs> <laughs> we do have one final song. Um mm-hmm. and this one took me some convincing. But here I am convinced. Why don't you uh why don't you give us a little a little preview? Could be looking at you from a freeway trailer. So that song you may recognize from our our favorite albums of 2016 uh, episode, and just really pop culture in general. This is this has become a popular song. It is uh, "Friends" by Francis and the Lights, of course, featuring Boney Vare or Justin Vernon, if you will, and Kanye West. Um, uh, of course, poor guy, Kanye. I, all the best for him and his. He is not having a good year uh, at all. But that's not reflected in the song. This is um, truly a happy song. And I guess to justify how it got to number one for me is um, much as we talked about for the first four songs about rap and the state of rap and what it is today. And and compared to 2015, how we had just a great resurgence in 2016 of going back to a lot of original sounds and and seeing where the genre is going to take us and it feels like 2013 was it all over again when, when we had like j cole and um kendrick lamar and mac miller all came out with these really interesting albums it feels like we're finally back on that mm-hmm. but uh friends while it's not a rap song i feel like it still plays along in that culture yeah uh, and so Francis of Francis and the Lights is actually a light designer uh, and, and set designer by day, which is that's why so, he took his so name. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's reflected very well in his music videos, which are very minimalistic. They feature uh, simple but eloquent dance moves, um, a lot of blank spaces, a lot of framing a lot of humor with framing and and how they introduce people into the shots. And I feel like this song embodies this whole year of interesting hip hop movements into one non hip hop song. And I I don't really know how to explain it better than that, except for, um, I'm going to play just a little bit more of it just so you can get a a better taste in your mouth. Never 
this song, it, it it's again, it's kind of a song of um, loss, I guess. What friendships could be, what friendships are, um, and being happy for people in your life when they go on and find something better, and instead of feeling sorry for yourself, um, you just are thankful for what you have. And and if you have someone that you're interested in, kind of as the song implies, you have someone that you're interested in and it just isn't working out and you just settle for you're like, well, we could be friends. And and just learning to be okay with that and learning to offer that from a place of sincerity where it's like, nope, we can we can be friends. I kind of interpreted it as him coming from the other side of like he's the one that wants things to to not end but he's the one calling things off um Hmm. because he says we could be friends for you we could be friends for you i will make this promise to you after all these promises Hmm. i'm looking at you now still looking at you still looking for you still waiting for you i told you i'm sorry i was waiting on a different story like Hmm. that's true yeah we could be friends for your benefit you know if you want to like it's possible mm-hmm. for us to be friends, um, you know, because I know that that's gonna that's gonna help, because um, we are obviously important in each other's lives, and I've made mm-hmm. you all these promises in our relationship, um, but I can absolutely promise you this that that we can be friends, um, mm-hmm. and he's sorry, he's sorry for the way that things have gone and the way that things have changed but he was waiting on it to change into something that it wasn't going to change into yeah and i think he definitely captured more of the artist's intent uh, especially when the first verse talks about uh separate loans separate uh codes i guess yeah i I heard it i heard it a little bit differently um but it was pretty much confirmed by francis on genius uh that uh the song really is about how there was a connection between these two people, but they both kind of had a sense that maybe it wasn't going to work out. So they kept these barricades up in their lives. They didn't have joint bank accounts. They didn't take on each other's debts. They didn't have the same codes to get into houses and stuff and and know each other's passwords because for some reason there was just something holding them back from really pulling the trigger on full commitment. And Francis is essentially the one who's like, sorry to break the news, but we both know this might not work out. You can rest your head on my shoulder and I'll still straighten out. I'll still be this person for you for now, but this isn't a forever thing. Um, So yeah, I, I will say, please watch the music video for this. I know that's kind of a cop out because that adds to the song and it makes it more than just the song. So, uh, but it is important (laughs) and It and it gives you a very good sense of perhaps the, mood that he came at the song with where even though the first part of it is essentially like tracking shots and it's him singing but he'll burst into random sporadic dances as he goes off screen he he dances into the darkness at one point and he he comes back and then he's just walking business as usual and then he comes back and he starts dancing again and it really is this um this i guess dance of of keeping his composure and yeah. uh of of playing it cool but having all of these complicated thoughts at the same time but he's just keeping it cool and he's saying what he feels need to be said and he feels like he's coming at this from a fair angle and in my opinion he's handling the situation like an adult 
So yeah, props to him. Yep, absolutely. And I think that that kind of speaks to us for sure um, at this point because we're looking for adult ways to deal with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's talk about just a few more tracks that uh, I'm not going to play any of these for you, but I would definitely recommend you looking these up. Sure. Um, like I said, we listened to all of the listener feedback. We took some time with those tracks. We really appreciate it. Uh, so here are just a few that um, you should check out. I think you have a better list than I do, so you start off with a few. Sure. Um, so obviously, the Lumineers came out with a new album this year. Um, mm-hmm. And this is tough um, because they were initially on our top ten list. Um but it just didn't ultimately they didn't make the cut because i think that more important things were done this year Mm -hmm. but the important Mm -hmm. thing that the lumineers did this year was put out a good indie album Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is hard to do right now um you know it was easy it was easy to put out a good uh a good indie album seven years ago and mm-hmm. even six or five years ago, it was still pretty fairly doable to put out a good indie album. Now it's it's not. It's really hard because everyone's trying to do it, um, mm-hmm. and even even like pop music is trying to embrace this sound, this acoustic heavy, kind of um, kind of antiquated sound uh, mm-hmm. of you know like acoustic guitars and talking about like dating yourself with your lyrics, you know, like putting yourself yeah. in a time period, which you didn't even live in, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the hip thing to do right now in music, which is fine, but it all sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh-huh. But what the Lumineers did is make that good and, and put their heart and soul into an album that, very obviously they're proud of um and should be um because i i think they're that this was so it's such a mature album for an indie album um mm-hmm. angela was one of the songs we also from them we had gale song was was suggested and uh mm-hmm. as well as sleep on the floor so we had three three songs um nice that ended up on our list from from that album which i mean i nice. feel like that says says a lot um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna blaze through a couple real quick too yep. and then i'll let you come back um one song that definitely caught my eyes and my ears uh is a song called shelter so this is by porter robinson and Madion. so Madion is french porter robinson is from i believe north carolina i hung out with his neighbor for a week once but um by the way, Porter Robinson a couple of years back put out this beautiful album called Worlds, and it oh. played with um, oh man, listen to Worlds, incredible album. But this song and the music video accompanying the song with Madian is canon in the Worlds universe, and we actually meet the origin of the Sad Machine in the Porter um, album Worlds. We hear and we see the origin story of the Sad Machine, uh, and and it is this little girl who was saved from the destruction of the earth by her father putting her in the space capsule and launching her off into the world. And I'm sorry, I kind of spoiled it, but um, <laughs> definitely watch the music video lyric. Like it is just so pretty, so pretty. And I think that 
I didn't put it on the list because in my mind, it just is another track on Worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a song from 2016. It's it's a polished track from 2014, 14, yeah. 2015, 14. It just, it's a, it's a track from 2014. I don't care when it was released. This <laughs> is just another song off Worlds, and it's an incredible song. So not my top 10. I also have Saved by Dead Mouse. Um, yeah. His whole new album is very interesting. I feel like he actually took some risks, which is, which is needed great. for him yeah, to stay relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think he so did really well that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't have much else to say about Save besides that. Uh, I also have... Uh, while we're in the realm of electronic music, we have a song by Pusher called Clear, and it features Mothica. Mm-hmm. Uh this song does a very good job of capturing both um, kind of the catchy hooks, hooks that we've come to expect from like bro step, but it's more mature than that. And we find that in the vocals as well. Uh, the lyrics are a bit more developed. The singer Mathika is very good at what she does. Uh, that song is cleared by Pusher. So mm-hmm. what else do you have for us? Uh, I don't have, I don't have much else. Um, I mean, the, the a lot last... more David Bowie stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the entire yeah. black star album is amazing. Um, yeah, I happen to like one of the new Boney Vera songs. Um, oh, what? <laughs> because he doesn't sing in falsetto at all in it, and it's amazing. Oh, the one where he just sings. He has such yeah, a good the voice one he when he's straight. not doing his bullshit. Um, mm. But I know that that's his sound, so he needs to do it. But um, so that song is called is Circle Eight, I think, or Eight Circle, okay, yeah. or something ridiculous like that. Um, off of the album 22 a million that came out this year and yep and then scored very high in a lot of people's lists yeah exactly which yeah um my the last last song that i think uh, is an honorable mention that i can think of off the top of my head uh Mm -hmm. if you're real quick before that i thought of another one um if you Mm -hmm. are into post-rock at all russian circles came out with a new album this year that is absolutely phenomenal um particularly the first two tracks off the album. Uh, I saw them live here in Missoula a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. They are amazing at what they do. They, If you like uh, instrumental, they're, they're basically instrumental metal, um, but mm-hmm. I've never seen like a heavier live... Well, I take that back. Nine Inch Nails was heavier, but um, they, they know what they're doing as far as playing instrumental rock live um mm-hmm. and same with explosions in the sky i mean it's it's a miracle it's not a miracle it's <laughs> it's amazing that nothing off the wilderness made our list because uh the explosions in the sky put out a great album this year called the wilderness um mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. disintegration anxiety was a fantastic yeah. track um and the last one i want to nod to is a single from Sigur rose that came out um and with Sigaros, you just have to understand that no one can pronounce their song titles, so I'm not going to even try. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Sigaros put out a new one this year. Uh, it's expectedly creepy, weird, experimental, unnerving, unsettling, but beautiful all at once. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, just just search new Sigaros, and you'll you'll come up with with this track. They're going back on tour, actually, which leads me to believe that they have nice. something coming out soon so that will definitely usually be do. on our 2017 list um <laughs> unfortunately 
the five track Nine Inch Nails EP will be released in late 2016, so it will not belong on the 2017 list. <sighs> but we'll see. We'll see. I can, I can live with that. Yeah. We might be able to eke it in. I think I eked uh, Grimes into our best of 2016 so far list. So You did, yep. yeah. Yeah. So yep, anything's possible. Bastard. I am, but I'm just giving you an out, man. <laughs> uh, I also I also do like the new J. Cole stuff. Um, he oh, is God, one of the he... more honest voices in rap. I feel like yeah. when he speaks on things, he's coming from the heart. Uh, he does have a song called False Prophets where he really talks about Kanye West. And it may seem like he's putting him down, but really he's he... I think he's given a pretty honest outlook as to how this rising star has fallen and gotten himself into a very bad place. But he's coming at it with an attitude of concern and care and saying, we need to be doing something about this. And and look what kind of pressure this place and, and this realm puts on people. Let's learn from this man's mistakes because we know what he's capable of and yet we see what he has become. And uh, it's it's heartbreaking. It sucks. I kind of feel bad for Kanye. But um, life's a journey, and right now he's going through a low, and hopefully he's just remembering to take breaths between these waves. Uh, but I think we've got to put an end cap on this. So thank you guys so much for listening to our top 10 of 2016. Could you let us know how people can get in touch with us and find us and all that? Yeah, if you think our list is complete bullshit, which, I mean, more power to you, um, you can let us know at Echopod on Twitter, uh, find us on Facebook, Into the Echo, and uh, at Echo Podcast on Instagram. Although, it's hard to post pictures about podcasting, um, mm-hmm. especially podcasting sound about waves. music. So, uh, Instagram is fairly inactive, but uh, we will listen. Um, and, you know, thank you for... We've had we've had a huge increase in listener involvement uh, in the past mm-hmm. few episodes, Uh this is this is awesome. I mean, this is exactly why we do this. So thank you for reaching out, uh, letting us know what you're listening to, what you like about our episodes, what you don't like. Um, and we are, I mean, we're assuming that you're going to disagree with a lot of our choices on this. So, uh, which is great. I mean, that's, that's, yep, that's, that's the beautiful what we want. thing about music is it's such mm-hmm. a conversation starter. Um, so please, uh, please let us know what you think and... We're happy to, um, you know, we're happy to keep doing episodes for you. We're going to, you know, we were talking about a different, kind of how we could, we're kind of figuring out what Into the Echo is about um, mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. we've almost been doing this for a year. Um, really? So, yeah. We started in April. Whoa. Yeah. Weird. Um, okay. So we're kind of, we're, we're kind of just pinning down what it's about. And, you know, for Clark and I, it's, it's a form of therapy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a form of, it's a form of getting to the bottom of things and like having good discussions and, and talking to each other. Cause we've, we've always had good dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the, the flavor of our following episodes may be a bit different than the, the typical, like, here's an album, here's what we think about it. Uh, here's our favorite tracks and more of a, yeah. more of an approach of like, here's the songs that we're listening to. Here's why we're listening to them. Here's what they mean to us. Here's why they're important and why you should listen to them. Yeah, and we want to share more of our stories when we're not as time constrained in the sense of like, we need to get through this album so this episode isn't two hours long. (laughs) Uh, Like, we want to give our stories and these songs that um, 
help these stories. We want to really give them room to breathe. And and as a result, we want to invite you to tell more of your stories. And we want this to become more of, um, I, I guess, less of a picking things apart and, and scrutinizing every detail, which we will still do from time to time. Don't get me wrong. We love doing that. Mm-hmm. But we also want this to be more of a, a sharing experience and we know that you guys have some great stories as well because we've heard some already from you and that's great um and we look forward to just so much more of that as we go into the new year uh so thank you guys so much for listening i hope that you guys are all staying safe and warm out there even if you're not in montana where it's 17 below and snowing so much which i love i love it yeah (laughs) me too yeah but anyway guys uh have a great day and we'll catch you next year maybe before that but probably next year let's be realistic all right be safe be well goodbye in my past i'd wish for something different from what's within my grasp now i've grown i wouldn't trade my world with anybody that i've known as a child i tried to find a way to be okay